worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. I know Deshaun Watson spoke today at Browns practice, but uh, we're going to wait a little bit till we hear from the injured Browns quarterback. We just talked Ohio State and Wisconsin and we're going to talk some high school football a little later on with Dan DeGeorge, the head coach of the Lake Blue Streaks. But right now, how about we mix in some Cleveland Guardians baseball talk here on the Kenny and JT show? And uh, the reason we're having our next guest on is uh, we're wondering who the hell's going to manage this team. They haven't named a manager yet, as Terry Francona has uh, stepped aside, retired, whatever you want to call it. And uh, the Guardians uh, had a list supposedly of 48 guys that they've been narrowing uh, in, you know, down to uh, a, a select few, I guess, is the best way to put it. So let's bring in the outstanding Guardians beat reporter for the Athletic, Zach Meisel, to uh, enlighten us on what's happening with that uh, managerial search. So are they down to 20, 15, 10, 5? Where are they right now, Zach Meisel? You guys ever struggle to uh, pick a restaurant to eat at at dinner? Like when you're with your family and no one can make a decision and you list 48 different options and none of them sound appealing. Well, I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? <laughs> you decide. Zach, no, I, are they are they really struggling? I mean, did they get no. thrown off course because uh, of some guys they were interested in uh, said no to them and Will Venable and Sandy Alomar, or are they just being thorough? I think they're being thorough because – they haven't gone through this really in 14 years. You know, Terry okay. Francona made the decision pretty easy, and when they hired him. That decision was made, honestly, like it was like October 3rd or something. It was insanely early in the offseason, and they didn't have to go through this process. It was two guys. And when Francona told them he was invested in coming to Cleveland, that made the decision for them. So they haven't gone through this since 2009. And in 2009, Mark Shapiro was team president. Chris Antonetti was his sidekick. Mike Chernoff was farther down the totem pole. And an example of, like, how it didn't quite go how it should have is that they were down to Manny Acta, who has now managed in two places, and neither of them went well. And Bobby Valentine, who held a press conference after his final interview and admitted he knew none of the players, nothing about the AL Central, nothing about the American League, and wasn't even sure he wanted the job. So, yeah, it's a good thing they didn't go with him, but the Maniacta thing didn't work out either. And I think 14 years later, there's a few things at play. One, they want to be thorough because you hope that you're picking someone who's going to be here as long as Frank Ona was. And two... There's a lot of different people in different organizations who might have some ideas, concepts that they haven't thought of. And because they've pretty much had a stable coaching staff, and when they lose people in the front office, they almost always promote from within, they haven't had new ideas. They haven't really talked to the outside world. So I think they wanted to be thorough in this and talk to as many, get as many different perspectives as they can. Um, and I, I do think we're getting closer to the finish line, though. I, 
got no idea what it's going to look like on the other side. Zach, when I think about this and I go back into the regular season, it didn't come as a surprise to me that Tito Francona was going to retire, resign, or doesn't like to use the retire word, okay, fine. But we knew he wasn't going to be back, or at least we thought we knew that he would no longer be the manager of this ball team. It shouldn't be a surprise in my mind to the front office of the Cleveland Guardians, and don't you think they might have already had somebody in mind? Or are they having second guesses themselves? I think it's easy to have people in mind. You know, I, I, I pay particular attention to, like, the, the top brass. They don't make every road trip, but they make some. And I'd always note when, like, I witnessed Chris Antonetti. I, I saw him talking to Aaron Boone this year at Yankee Stadium for a while. And I just I stored that in my memory, like, all right, if the Yankee season goes awry and Boone gets fired, let's at least remember that just in case it comes time to interviewing people and Boone has ties to the organization. That's not on the table here. But it's I think you can have relationships with people. You can have ideas, people in mind, but you can't start interviewing them until the season ends. And, I, you know, I, you might like people's personality. It's, just, it's hard to find someone who checks every single box that you have. And it's hard to be confident. Like, you can hire someone. Like, they, they thought Manny Axa checked all the boxes, right? But until you actually see them do the job, I mean, you really only talk to them, I don't know, three or four times. Like, you are taking a leap of faith here. So I, I don't think, you know, I, whoever they pick, like they're obviously going to say, you know, we're really confident in them and, you know, they have all these great criteria. Um, but we're not going to know until we see it in action. So you, even with the foresight that Francona was going to retire, it's like, I mean, that's, I think, how you end up with a list of 48 names. Maybe they had too much time to prepare for this. And, and now we're going through the okay. interview process and, you know, you're trying to, evaluate you know these guys sit in for hours and hours and you have these long talks and then you're trying to compare all right what did this guy say to this question versus what did this guy say to that question which answer do we like better i mean it's 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 a difficult thing i i know from talking to people over the years that i'm pretty sure most front offices hate this process because um, it's just there's a lot riding on it and it's it's really difficult to to find the perfect fit and to know that you have that perfect fit after just a couple of weeks of interviewing. Do they hate it more when a guy retires or when they fire somebody and then have to hire someone? Yeah, I guess this is the preferred outcome. Um, but it's, it's tough, too, just because it's a young team. You know, if you look at some of the candidates, like most of them skew younger and so more forward-thinking and analytically driven, and that can jive with the front office better. But, you know, it's it's – still valuable i think to talk to as many people as possible just to like what if you're missing something what if you talk to someone who maybe you were interviewing them to be your manager but you hire someone else to be manager but now you need a new pitching coach maybe that person can be your pitching guy. I mean, like there's a lot of different tentacles here um okay. and i just i think it's a really complex process 
Happy to have with us outstanding Guardians beat reporter at The Athletic, Zach Meisel, joining us. Follow him on Twitter, at Zach Meisel. All right, Zach, I'm going to fire some names at you real quick that reportedly said no, and I want you to confirm, or do you think it's just it was rumor? Okay, there was a rumor out there, hey, they wanted Kevin Cash, and they were going to steal him away from Tampa Bay like uh, San Francisco stole Bob Melvin away from San Diego. Did they reach out to Kevin Cash? Um, I don't know the specifics on that because I, I don't know like the legality of it because he's under contract. And so that would have had to be back channels to the Rays. They're not going to publicize that. My educated guess would be he would be at the top of like 27 teams list if they could trade managers today. Um, and they know him so well that that was probably Cash's decision was probably made clear to them very early on where maybe they didn't even need to reach out. Okay, what about Will Venable? You and I talked at uh, the last home game, I think it was, and, and you mentioned to me about Will Venable, and a number of people, after you mentioned it to me, uh, you know, threw his name uh, you know, into the, the ring as well. Did, did they reach out to Venable, and he said, no, he's sticking uh, with the Rangers in case he takes over for, Bo- uh, who is it, Bruce Bochy that's there now? Exactly. So, yeah, they, they did talk to Will Venable. Um, he and Mike Chernoff go way back. They played baseball together at Princeton. Um, so they're a lot smarter than anyone on this call. But I, I think <laughs> Not saying what a lot. happened there, it's pretty simple to, like, sell it out in that Bruce Bochy is not going to manage forever, and they're in the World Series. That could be Will Venable's job in two weeks, you know, if certain things okay. play out the way that they hope they do this week. So um, I don't know if Venable used Cleveland as leverage. I don't know if he just decided, especially as the Rangers kept moving on in the playoffs, that it just made sense for him to stay. But he, I think he would have been pretty high up on Cleveland's priority list, um, and they did talk to him, but he's staying in Texas. Kenny, you have any other questions about manager? Because I want to ask Zach a question about the roster. Go ahead, then. Two two things. Go uh, ahead. Sandy Alomar, real quick. Uh, still, uh, he's a no-go. Uh, uh, the longer this goes on, do they revisit that and try and convince him, or, or Sandy's out? I think, his, I think his aspirations to be a manager are in the past. Okay. All right, fair enough. And then the, the latest hot name, and I knew nothing about this guy. And he just retired back in 2022. I, I saw a couple of stories on this, Zach, and I wanted to get your input on it because you're, you're closer, I think, than some of these people are. Uh, Stephen Vogt, who was a catcher for uh, a number of years, two-time All-Star, uh, last played with the uh, Oakland Athletics, coached for one year mm-hmm. with Seattle, supposedly with his uh, catcher mind, uh, his personality, and today's game, he's considered a, a hot managerial candidate. Is that legit? Yeah, it is. He's he's interviewed twice now, um, so that would put him, I guess, in the running as a finalist. You know, it it's weird. Like it it depends on what their preferences are because he checks every box in terms of personality and communication skills and garnering respect from players. Even though he's he turns thirty nine next week, but the the issue is he you you said it. He retired from baseball one year and three weeks ago. So I I think, I don't think you need to pay your dues for 15 years like you used to, but if you're going to hire him as your manager, you better have an experienced staff around him. 
And I think those are the things they're debating internally because he can win over anybody in an interview. Infectious personality. You know, he did, I will give him credit, like he missed the 2018 season with an injury and he was with the Brewers at the time. So they decided, hey, why don't you basically be like a coaching apprentice and serve as a hybrid injured player slash coach for the season? And he did that. So like he's, he's learned and he's known he wanted to be a manager for a long time. So he's had that mindset in place. It's just, that's a big leap. One year as a bullpen coach to manager and replacing Terry Francona. Um, I think that's sort of what they're juggling internally is as a big risk. What? Do you do yeah. that? Does he, how much does the experience matter to you? Um, and we'll see. All right, last thing then, since Will Venable was the name you gave me and he's no longer in the running, do you have a favorite from what you're hearing as to who could be the next manager? That's what's crazy is I'm staring at a list on my laptop right now of eight names, nine names. And, like, I think there's half of that list that is more realistic than the other half, but I I don't have a good feel. And I think there were still some musical chairs to be filled here first. You know, Craig Council is everybody's top choice. And he seems to be in this weird Bermuda Triangle between the Brewers, the Mets, and the Guardians. And his contract with the Brewers expires next week. They're letting him talk to teams. The Guardians plan to talk to him. The Mets are certainly going to talk to him. The Mets just hired the former Brewers president and GM, David Stearns. So it's a natural, logical fit for Council to follow him to New York where Steve Cohen can throw money at him to make him the highest-paid manager in baseball. The weird part is that the Guardians are in this mix, and a couple people have said, truly, like, do not sleep on the Guardians here, and he would he, he would check every box. You know, there's experience, there's excelling with a team that has a low payroll and has to rely on player development and things like that. Like, it, Milwaukee and Cleveland are similar in a lot of ways. The question would be, well, then why would you leave Milwaukee to go to right. Cleveland? If, if you don't want mm-hmm. New York, you don't want to deal with the headaches with the Mets, why wouldn't you just stay in Milwaukee? And I've talked to our Brewers writer about this extensively, and he, he said, Council, it's important to him to kind of set, to, to raise the bar for how much managers get paid. He was a big uh, players' union guy when he was a player and breaking the hearts of every Cleveland fan 26 years ago. 26 years ago. Today. Today. Today, um, yes. Yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I, you know, it is worth noting, Cleveland made Terry Francona the highest-paid manager in the league. And I don't think money would be the only reason Craig Council would leave Milwaukee for Cleveland. That wouldn't – just that's a weird fit. But if he likes what the Guardians do, if he wants – a new challenge and doesn't want it in Milwaukee and he hits it off with Chris Antonetti, Mike Chernoff. Who knows? I don't see it happening, even though a couple people keep stressing like it is on the table. Uh, but I do know like Craig Council would be the top choice for any team with an opening. So if that doesn't happen, then I think you look at Stephen Vote. I think you look at Carlos Mendoza. I think you look at Clayton McCullough. I like these are names that probably don't do anything for anyone listening because nobody knows who they are. But uh, that's probably what you're looking at if it's not Craig Council. Money to the manager go towards the payroll as well? So it doesn't go toward, like, what we all talk about. Okay. Um, and it's not huge money. Like, I think Frank Cone was making, like, $5 million. Mm-hmm. Council was at 
three and a half last year with Milwaukee. Um, but it's, it's obviously on the internal budget and it's something they consider. Um, but it's certainly, it's not like, I, I'm, I'm curious to see, cause you see it in the NBA now and you see it in, I mean, like college football, especially, but mm-hmm. who was it? Monty Williams? Didn't he go to Detroit and he signed like a six year, $78 million deal. We haven't seen that in baseball yet. You know, we haven't seen the John Gruden 10 for a hundred million. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I, I think part of council's motivation here is to sort of change that. Guardians beat writer at The Athletic, athletic.com is Zach Meisel. Zach, this might be the longest question I have ever asked anyone on this program, so bear with me. Oh, man. So my, my, I'm going to start right here. <laughs> Mariners are probably comparable to the Guardians. They're both third place in their respective division, yes? Yeah, I think they do a lot. I think similar. Their, their, their record's a little bit better than ours. But I'm looking at it this way. Over the last two or three years, the Mariners have traded their closer. Their closer now taking the Arizona Diamondbacks into the World Series. So I'm looking at it this way. And that's Paul Seawald, by the way. And I'm looking at everybody talking about, eh, we're going to probably trade Bieber at some point in time, either in the offseason or maybe next season. Why not trade Class A and maybe make a deal with Class A and or Bieber if we have to retool this lineup and we want more power? Can't you put a, together some type of a trade or something, or should you even consider maybe trading Class A? And I know he had 44 saves, but he also had 12 blown saves, and I don't remember how many losses. Is that something you might want to look into? JT, look at you. There we go! Uh, <laughs> I think it is something that I was against it a year ago because I just thought with his stuff he was just going to post an era of one every year for the next decade i i agree with you in that it's much easier to replace a good reliever than to like finding everybody wants good hitters it's they're really hard to find um i don't think it's a terrible idea so my one hang-up is seattle made that trade seattle has like three dudes in their bullpen who throw 102 and just have nasty stuff they could. They were able to survive that. I, I don't know what Cleveland's bullpen looks like without Class A. It was already a mess this year. I don't know if Karinchek will be back. Henschus is Henschus your most reliable guy then? Like I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, if you could find a way, they they claimed when they made that barrage of waiver claims at the end of the year, the one guy they got who really clicked was Reynaldo Lopez, the reliever. He came in, he threw 11 scoreless innings, throws 99, got awesome stuff. If they could find a way to keep him, they'd have to pay him probably more than they're comfortable doing. Then maybe that makes a lot more sense. Maybe you can flip class A for, for a hitter, someone who's got a, a team that needs pitching that has a surplus of hitting. I, I, I'd have to really be blown away just because I don't trust the Guardians' bullpen. I don't think they have... If maybe a couple guys in the upper levels of the minors who could break into the fold next year, but like I, I don't know that they have enough in-house to survive losing Class A. I don't see any reason not to kick the tires on it. Is he still considered one of the best closers in the American League? Do you think? I think so. It was a weird year. It right? was so many like the mm-hmm. typical Class A relief appearance had like 
three infield choppers that resulted yes. in singles and an error and a bloop and just bizarre stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he needs to clean up some of that, and he needs to get more swing and miss because the easiest way to say stop having this bad luck is just blowing people away with your 102-mile-an-hour cutter. Um, yeah, I, I, I tend to lean – you know, he's had three seasons in the majors, and two of them have been incredible, and one of them has been solid but inconsistent. Um, so I, I think he's still one of the top guys. You, if you want to trade him for a legit bat, you need other teams – to believe he is too. So I think it's worth exploring. I would just, I think I'd have to be. Everything's on the table. Really blown away. Everything's got to be on the table. In my opinion, this, this team took a step backward. I have one final question for you, Zach Meisel. And that's this. And I just saw this online. Uh, Steven Kwan and Andres Jimenez win the fielding Bible award. What is it? <laughs> the fielding Bible. Um, I don't know. Thou shall not hit the ball. So <laughs> It will be an out. <laughs> oh, gosh. JT saw that. I'm like, I have what never. I've heard of the Rawlings Gold Glove, but I've never heard of the Fielding Bible Award ever. I think both of those guys will probably win a Gold Glove in Do you? about okay. two weeks away, I, a week and a half. Hey, home runs, right? The Cavaliers, and I'm going to do a parallel here. JT went off on a tangent. I'm going to go off on a tangent here, right? Cavaliers last year get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. What did they do? They looked around. They said, we don't shoot the ball well from beyond the arc. So they go out and they get Georgie Nang, and they go out and they get uh, Max Struess. Last night, Struess, 7 of 13 from long range. Cavaliers shot 43 three-pointers. They realize their mistakes. They're catching up in a league that is all about threes. When the hell are the Guardians going to catch up in a league that's all about home runs? If you follow the postseason, you see 50 to 60% of the runs are scored on home runs, and they're dead last two years in a row, Zach. Yeah, you, they'd have to be... I mean, blind or negligent, not to not to realize. I think they do, and I, I think the big thing here is like failure is the best teacher. I mean, it, it, who could watch that offense for 162 games this season and think that they didn't need to make substantial upgrades? And it's right. not that's not singular, that's plural. You know, I, I think you can pencil in Quan and Ramirez and the Naylor brothers and Jimenez. That's it, right? So they've got a kid lurking, Kyle Manzardo, who they traded Savali for, and. Um, he's been in the Arizona Fall League just hitting home run after home run. He did the same thing in September in Columbus. And so he'll be in your lineup next year, too, and that's that's great. He's also a rookie. So right. they can't just assume that these young kids are going to keep taking steps forward and stay healthy and everything will be great. You have to go add two outfielders. You have to – you really have to legitimize this lineup. And, I, you know, you certainly prefer – if. The hitters you add are power hitters, but usually good hitters more than anything. Like, right. yes, yeah, you need to add power, but you also just you need talent. You know, you had Miles Straw hitting eighth and ninth for most of the season. You had you just had automatic outs. You know, Cam Gallagher somehow survived 162 games. The guy, unreal. I looked it up. He had like the worst, unreal. the worst hitting statistics of anyone since like 1910. <laughs> to play a full season. Um, so it, it's just, you can't have that in your lineup. You don't have that sort of margin for error. Your lineup isn't good enough one through seven to be punting eight and nine. Um, so they need they need upgrades across the board. And, and I think 
sometimes you just have to you have to hit rock bottom to realize it. They won't and... look for power. Guardians way. They'll say great pitching shut down all the hitting of the Phillies, and now the Diamondbacks are in the World Series. They'll stick with what they got. They'll look for better pitching. Watch. You you think he's accurate there? Zach no, or no? I, but so no. I, I mean, I I think the the thing that like they can't do, and you just want to like grab them and shake them and say like. <laughs> Do not go sign washed-up outfielder who's 36 years old to a one-year, seven million dollar deal, and say, "Here's our left fielder." Like you, you enough of that, right? Like we've right. seen that movie over and over again, and every time we walk out of the theater halfway through, it's 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 you don't Zanino and Josh Bell were flops, right? So and yeah. and they made some bad trades this year, uncharacteristically. Like you have to learn from your mistakes, and I I think. You know, are you going to waste another year of Jose Ramirez? Who uh, is he still in his prime? I don't know. Are you going to waste this really talented young pitching staff? It, it's just you—you you learned. I understand when you win 92 games and you come out of nowhere and you have all these rookies and everything's great and you feel like you have a surplus of outfielders. So you trade a couple. Like I understand sometimes it's difficult and you can be misguided and it's fool's gold. That happens. But when you have a season like you just had and it's, it's, there are so many disappointments and so few players exceed expectations and your offensive statistics, I mean, they, were, they hit 124 home runs, which is last in the league. Second worst was 151. Right. So that difference of 27 is the difference between 29th place and 19th place. Like, they were wow. so far behind everybody. Like, if you can't realize what you're doing and make substantial changes to fix that, then what are we doing here? I hear you, man. I hear you, and I'll just throw two names as we end this interview, Yandy Diaz and Nolan Jones, right? How good would both of those guys look uh, in a Guardians uniform right now? And uh, those were mistakes that they made, uh, and they can't afford to make them when they're a small market They team. were still in the conversation of being or making the playoffs with the last, what, three weeks to go, though? Because they played in the Central. Their argument will always be we could have gotten there. Yeah, well, uh, I, I hope Zach's right that uh, they, they feel the pain of 124 home runs and see what it took to gotta get, get to the Got to get this in real quick then because we got to get to a break. Zach, will they take away some of the highlights from the World Series by making a name or, or making uh, uh, hiring their manager during the World Series to maybe steal some thunder? I was told over the weekend that they were about 10 days or so away from a final decision, so that would put us about halfway there. So, yeah, yeah it's possible. I don't know if. MLB frowns upon that or not. Okay. I'll have to check on that. But, yeah, I, I do think we're within a week or so. Zach, you're the best. We always Thank appreciate you. the time. Keep up the fantastic work at The Athletic, and we look forward to chatting you after they finally name a manager and maybe actually get some big league hitters for a change, all right? Sounds good, fellas. Take care. Zach Meisel joining us here on the Kenny and JT Show. Follow him daily at Zach Meisel on Twitter and at TheAthletic.com. 